0: good everyone it is Bobby Daytona hey guys you already know what the deal is I am back at it with another episode hey this one is a chapter from probably one of the single most influential books I have ever read so this is the chapter entitled thoroughness by James Allen and as a man thinketh so tune in this week Check it out, and let's go. Thoroughness consists in doing little things as though they were the greatest things in the world. That the little things of life are of primary importance is a truth not generally understood. And the thought that little things can be neglected, thrown, thrown aside, or slurred over is at the root of the lack of thoroughness, which is so common and which results in in imperfect work and unhappy lives. And when one understands that the great things of the world and of life consist of a combination of small things, and that without this aggregation of small things, the great things would be non-existent. Then he begins to pay careful attention to those things, which he formerly regarded as insignificant. He thus acquires the quality of thoroughness and becomes a man of usefulness and influence. For the passion, for the possession, or non-possession of this one quality may mean all the difference between a life of peace and power and one of misery and weakness. Every employer of labor knows how comparatively rare this quality is how difficult it is to find men and women who will put thought and energy into their work and do it completely and satisfactorily. Bad workmanship abounds. Skill and excellence are acquired by few. Thoughtlessness, carelessness, and laziness are such common vices that it should cease to appear strange that, in spite of social reform, the ranks of the unemployed should continue to swell. For Those who scamp their work today will, another day, in the hour of deep necessity, look and ask for work in vain. The law of the survival of the fittest is not based on cruelty. It is based on justice. It is one aspect of that divine equity which everywhere prevails. Vice is beaten with many stripes. If it were not so, how could virtue be developed? The thoughtless and lazy cannot take precedence of, or stand equally with the thoughtful and industrious. A friend of mine tells me that his father gave all his children the following piece of advice. Whatever your future work may be, put your whole mind upon it and do it thoroughly. You need then have no fear as to your welfare, for there are so many who are careless and negligent that the services of the thorough man are always in demand. I know those who for years tried almost in vain to secure competent workmanship in spheres which did not require exceptional skill but which called chiefly for forethought energy and conscientious care. They had discharged one they had been discharged one after another for negligence, for laziness, incompetence, and persistent breaches of duty, not to mention other vices which have no bearing on the subject. Yet The vast army of the unemployed continues to cry out against the laws, against society, and against heaven. And the cause of this common lack of thoroughness is not far to seek. It lies in the thirst for pleasure, which not only creates a distaste for steady labor, but it renders one incapable of doing the best work and of properly fulfilling one's duty. A short time ago, a case came under my observation of a poor woman who was given, at her earnest appeal, a responsible and a lucrative position. She had been at her post only a few days when she began to talk of the pleasure trips she was going to have now that she had come into that place. She was discharged at the end of a month for negligence and incompetence. As two objects cannot occupy the same space at the same time, so the mind that is occupied with pleasure cannot also be concentrated upon the perfect performance of duty. Pleasure has its own place and time, but its consideration should not be allowed to enter the mind during those hours which should be devoted to duty. Those who, while engaged in their worldly tasks, are continually dwelling upon anticipated pleasures cannot do otherwise than bungle through their work or even neglect it when their pleasure seems to be at stake. Thoroughness is completeness, it's perfection. It means doing a thing so well that there is nothing left to be desired. It means doing one's work, if not better than anyone else can do it, at least not worse than the best that others do. It means the exercise of much thought, the putting forth of great energy the persistent application of mind to its task, the cultivation of patience, perseverance, and a high sense of duty. An ancient ancient teacher said, if anything has to be done, let a man do it and let him attack it vigorously. Another ancient teacher said, whatsoever thy, thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. He who lacks thoroughness in his worldly duties will also lack the same quality in his spiritual things. He will not improve his character. He will be weak and half-hearted in his religion and will not accomplish any good in useful land. The man who keeps one eye on worldly pleasure and the other on religion and who thinks that he can have the advantage of both conditions will not be thorough either in his pleasure-seeking or in his religion, but you'll make a sorry business of both. It's better to be a whole-souled worldling than a half-hearted religious. It's better to give the entire mind to a lower thing than half of it to a higher. It's preferable to be thorough, even if it be in a bad or selfish direction, rather than inefficient and squeamish in good directions. For thoroughness leads more rapidly to the development of character in the acquisition of of wisdom. It accelerates progress and enfoldment. And while it leads the bad to something better, it spurs the good to higher and ever higher heights of usefulness and of power.